Welcome to You News, the podcast using the power of Univision to bring the news that matters to you in English. Today is Friday, June 26. I'm Andrea Linares. These are today's headlines. More than 124,000 people in the United States have now died from COVID-19. As experts warn, the country is losing its battle against the pandemic. As protests continue across the country, the House of Representatives passes a major bill designed to address police misconduct. But where does that reform go from here? And after millions have demanded justice for the death of a young Colorado man in police custody, the governor of that state now taking action. This and much more today on You News, transmitting live from our newsroom in Miami. The coronavirus has infected more than 2.4 million Americans and the number keeps rising. The CDC now saying that COVID-19 infection rates could be 10 times higher than reported. This as the White House Coronavirus Task Force holds a brief briefing for the very first time in two months. Lorraine Caceres has the very latest details. Infections in the U.S. worse now than in April. If you let everybody out without face masks and without social distancing in the middle of a pandemic. This is what was predict predicted. On Thursday, there were almost 40,000 new cases reported nationwide, a single-day record since the pandemic began. At least 30 states reporting an increase in cases, with 13 states seeing a rise of at least 50%. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention saying for every COVID-19 diagnosis, there are 10 others that were missed. It's about 10 times more people have antibody in these jurisdictions that, that, that had documented infections. So that gives you an idea. Because of the new trend, New Mexico, Texas and Arizona now pausing their reopening plans. I don't want there to be any illusion or sugar-coated expectations. We expect that our numbers will be worse next week and the week following in terms of cases and hospitalizations. In Texas, as the number of COVID hospitalizations reached record highs for 13 of the last 14 days, a dire situation unfolding in Houston, the country's fourth largest city. We are definitely feeling the surge in Houston, more hospitalizations, more ICU patients. So number one, it's real, it's out there. It's not just numbers reflected in testing, more people are getting sick. On Friday, Harris County officials increasing the warning systems to severe and Governor Greg Abbott signing an executive order mandating bars to close. Restaurants can remain open at 50% capacity, rafting and tubing businesses must close and outdoor gatherings of 100 people or more must be approved by local governments with certain exceptions. In Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis under fire for not making masks mandatory across the state. In Miami, where masks are required, the mayor saying a second shutdown is possible. All options have to be on the table. Um, you know, when we see our hospitalizations go up, our ICU beds go up, our ventilators are going up, um, still with sufficient capacity, but going up, it's, it's, it's worrisome. But as cases surge around the country, the president eager to move on, repeating this false claim. So we have more cases because we do the greatest testing. If we didn't do testing, we'd have no cases. Overnight at a Fox News town hall, the audience required to wear a mask, but not the president. His rival, Joe Biden, says Trump needs to face reality. We're going to be dealing with for this for a long time. 
Trump can't wish it away. He can't bend it to meet his political wishes. There are no miracles coming. A new ABC Ipsos poll says at least 56% of Americans feel that reopening is moving too fast. Now Florida, following the lead of Texas, is saying that it's prohibiting the sale of alcohol inside bars. Also... Thank you, Lorraine, for that report, and we apologize for that technical difficulty. As she was mentioning, Florida is now reporting nearly 9,000 cases in the last 24 hours. This after reporting more than 5,000 cases two days in a row just this week. Joining me now to discuss the current situation in South Florida, the epicenter of cases in that state, is Dr. Andrew Pastewski, ICU Medical Director at Jackson South Medical Center. Doctor, welcome to you News, and let's get right to it because this is very concerning. Can you first talk to us about the situation you are seeing right now and how it compares to when the pandemic first began? So we are seeing similar numbers to the first surge in terms of total number of cases. Uh, we had in the beginning about 30, 40 cases. About two weeks ago, we were down to eight cases in the hospital. We are now up to 33, up to 40. A few days ago, we were able to discharge some. So we are seeing a very similar surge. However, I do need to point out that we are seeing less ventilated patients. We are seeing more patients, actually probably seeing more patients now than in the beginning, but we are seeing less ventilated sick people at this time. And ironically enough, I happen to be one of those 9,000 cases reported yesterday. What does that mean exactly? The severity of the coronavirus of the illness at this point may not be as severe, perhaps? It appears as such. We actually closed down our COVID ICU two months ago. And in the last two months, we have only had at Jackson South uh, a few people who have required ventilators, and they were all elderly patients. At this time, we currently only have two requiring ventilators, 167, 180-year-old. Part of that is we have learned to really use other oxygen modalities to help prevent the ventilators, but we were using those in the beginning anyway to some degree, and no matter what way you want to slice it, we are seeing less sick people. We're seeing more positive cases, but we are seeing a less severity of illness that we saw uh, back in March. Since you mentioned that we are seeing more sick people and we see these numbers rising so quickly, there are reports indicating that Florida may be seeing a mutated strand of the virus, which makes it much more infectious than when the pandemic began. Is that, in fact, the case? And if so, is it driving that spread, that quick spread across South Florida? So the mutated idea was something that we were thinking was possible, specifically because viruses don't want to kill the host. Uh, the virus dies when the host dies. So that kind of explained the idea why we may be seeing less severe cases. Obviously, they want, it seems to me like it's just as infectious. I don't think there's any um, question that we see this rise in cases as the state started to open, as well as because of the protests um, and the fact that masks aren't necessarily mandatory in all of Florida. But yeah, we have seen less ICU patients in Florida and not just in my hospital, but I'm in touch with a lot of other intensivists, and they're also seeing a lot less cases. 
Do you think the state of Florida, especially South Florida, where we're seeing this big increase, is prepared to handle a bigger surge of cases? Well, at least in the Jackson Health System, I know that we're very well prepared. We have the ventilators ready. We have plenty of beds. And across the health system, we have the ability to move patients around if any of our one facilities happens to get uh, too many patients. We can work together with that. Jackson system has created an actual COVID kind of nursing home very quickly to house some of the nursing home patients that still test positive that can't go back to their nursing home. From the Jackson system, we feel like we have the bed capabilities to handle all this. PPE is always, always going to be an issue. Uh, We have dealt with that at Jackson South by having designated COVID units and really focusing our PPEs in those areas. But that is going to be an ongoing issue for us. The CDC is saying that the coronavirus can make pregnant women more severely ill. What can you tell us about that? We have had a few pregnant women. We haven't seen any of them get very sick. I'm sorry, I have a little. I actually tested positive yesterday, and it's a little bit of a cough. You're facing that difficulty breathing and coughing? No, I just have a little congestion. I actually got tested uh, when I was asymptomatic because my wife tested positive and I just wanted to be safe for my patients. But I really don't feel much. Uh, But I do have, when I talk a lot, I do have a little bit of congestion come up. So I can assume you are self-quarantining right now as well as your wife, correct? The 14 days? Yeah, my whole family... Yeah, my whole family, 14 days yesterday. Today is day one. Doctor, if the country is still seeing the first wave of the coronavirus, what can we expect in the fall? Will it be similar to what we are now experiencing or will we see fewer cases or perhaps even more? I'm not that kind of doctor. I can't predict what's going to happen. I'm a frontline soldier who just handles the ICU patients as they come in. This is a scary disease. Coronavirus has never really been able to develop antibodies to the other coronaviruses before, so it doesn't seem like we're going to have long-term antibodies, and this is something that we're going to be dealing with for a while. Uh, But as far as what to expect, here at the hospital, we just expect the worst, and we just prepare ourselves for every day to try to stay as safe as we can in the hospital and to keep our staff uh, from getting sick. There's lots of unknowns, lots of uncertainty at this time. The most important thing is to take care of ourselves and to always be wearing our mask. And I just wish you and your wife a quick recovery. Thanks so much, Dr. Andrew Pastewski, ICU Medical Director at Jackson South Medical Center in Miami, Florida. Thanks. And now some good news for those who feel perhaps nervous at the grocery store. The USDA and the FDA have released a statement saying people cannot contract the coronavirus from food or food packaging. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue and FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn also say food producers, processors and regulators are taking every necessary precaution to prioritize food safety. Tech giant Apple, meanwhile, is temporarily closing 32 stores in five states, experiencing new spikes in coronavirus cases. Apple is closing seven stores in Texas just days after shutting down 11 stores in Arizona, Florida, North Carolina and South Carolina. So far, 
All the Texas stores affected are located in the Houston area. An additional 14 stores in Florida will be closed as of today. Apple just recently began a phased reopening in May after shutting down due to this pandemic. And more coronavirus news out of Washington. More than a million Americans who have died received COVID-19 stimulus payments totaling $1.4 billion, a government watchdog said in a report to Congress released yesterday. The finding is part of a sweeping review of the federal government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic by the Government Accountability Office, an independent, nonpartisan congressional agency. The report paints a clearer picture of what critics called a muddled rollout by the IRS and the Treasury Department. Meanwhile, the Trump administration is once again hoping the Supreme Court will end Obamacare, which enabled millions of Americans to get health insurance coverage. In a late night filing, the Department of Justice asked the Supreme Court to invalidate the entire law. The U.S. Solicitor General argued that the Affordable Care Act should be nullified. The Supreme Court is looking at the issue. The justices will hear arguments in the case sometime next term. The law remains in effect despite the pending legal challenge. Amid the national crisis on police brutality, House leaders in Washington, D.C. taking action by passing a sweeping police reform bill. But that legislation now faces a dead end in the Senate. The bill is passed. The House of Representatives approved the controversial Democratic police reform bill called the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which is spearheaded by Congressional Black Caucus Chairwoman Karen Bass. It would ban chokeholds and no-knock warrants in drug cases and reform qualified immunity. The world is witnessing the birth of a new movement in our country. This movement has now spread to many nations around the world with thousands marching to register their horror at hearing the cry, I can't breathe. The measure now goes to the Senate. However, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has said it will not pass the Republican-held chamber. This Congress started off with Democrats saying abolish ICE. Then it moved to, no, let's get rid of the whole Department of Homeland Security. And now we have Democrats in big cities around our country saying defund the police, get rid of police departments. It makes no sense. Floyd's death sparked protests across the nation. Some were peaceful and others turned violent, leading to looting. What's his name? In Minneapolis, Republicans in the Minnesota Senate want answers to why there was so much violence. All witnessed the destruction of businesses, some in broad daylight, with no police response, and the question was, who decided the looters would be allowed to do that? Less than a month after Floyd's death, Rayshard Brooks was shot in the back by Officer Garrett Rolfe in Atlanta. Rolf is facing a felony murder charge. He says he heard a gunshot and saw a flash and fired his weapon, fearing for his safety. Now new details reveal that in 2015, Rolf fired three shots during a car chase and arrest. But the Fulton County DA did not pursue charges. Calls for police reform are growing, some going as far as asking to defund the police. In Seattle, Washington, a group of demonstrators pushed police out of its east precinct, then set up a six-block protest zone surrounded by barriers. It's what they call the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Let them show us what they really think about human lives. I want to see what they do, because right here, we can stay here as long as we want, until demands are met. But the occupation looks a lot different than it did last week. 
The violence is driving people away. Four people have been shot since Saturday. Now Seattle's mayor, Jenny Durkin, says officials will move to reclaim the area. But there is no timeline as to when it will happen. Businesses and neighbors in the Chaz area are now suing the city, saying their property rights and sense of safety have been stripped away. The lawsuit contends the rights of local businesses are being ignored because city officials allowed an entire neighborhood to be cut off from police, fire and other emergency services. And after millions signed an online petition demanding a new look at the death of a young black man in police custody in Colorado, Governor Jared Polis says Attorney General Phil Weiser will now investigate the case of Elijah McLean. McLean was unarmed and not committing any crime when three white police officers approached him last year. An altercation ensued and paramedics gave McLean a heavy dose of ketamine, a sedative. He ended up dying in the hospital days later. And welcome back to You News. Now to Los Angeles. Authorities have presented details on a new program to help renters who are having a hard time during the pandemic. Jaime Garcia has more. We owe these last three months since the pandemic started and we have not been able to pay rent. Clients have been dropped, but Dolores Rosas have received a glimmer of hope. After the approval of the new renters' relief program by the city of Los Angeles, the rent is costing us $2,000 per month. The new $100 million fund is the largest relief program of any city in the nation, intended to help renters affected by the coronavirus outbreak. Based on the numbers, low income people tend to be uh, a lot of a Hispanic uh, population. So we are definitely uh, happy to hear that this program will benefit the lowest of the income bracket. $50 million from the fund will be used to help the very poor of Los Angeles residents. With incomes below $31,000 a year, they will be eligible to receive up to four months of rental payments. More than 300,000 households have lost their employment. This has especially affected the Hispanic community. It is estimated that the program will cover payments for only 50,000 renters in Los Angeles, but the expectation is that many more will apply. Registration will take place through five days in July followed by a lottery. However, more needs to be done. We need to be able to lift up uh, those people that are really struggling, which is the working class. In the meantime, the country of Los Angeles is also trying to approve a fund of $20 million to create a program to help the renters, similar to the one of the city of Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, Jaime Garcia, U News. More of U News after this short break. Imagine a daily newscast that speaks to you about your world in plain English. Each weekday, we partner with Hispanic America's most trusted news source to bring you the stories from home and abroad that matter to you. The Senate will turn itself into a courtroom. The private border fence is being installed. A police officer and three people were killed inside a Jewish supermarket in Jersey City. U News covers the news of your world and makes it easy to understand. Your world, your news. U News on Fusion. Welcome back to You News. 
Chile has already passed the grim milestones of a quarter million coronavirus cases and is set to top 5,000 COVID-19 deaths soon. But the country's health minister on Thursday said the most recent figures pointed to a slight improvement in the pandemic, but health officials urge caution. On Thursday, confirmed they confirmed nearly 260,000 cases of this deadly virus. Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro paid a rare tribute to the victims of coronavirus on Thursday. Bolsonaro admitted it is possible he could have contracted the virus despite testing negative twice and would be willing to take an antibody test. Brazil has reported over 1,200,000 coronavirus cases. Nearly 55,000 people have also died in that country. In Mexico, the mountain towns and villages high in Oaxaca's Sierra Madre del Sur range were hit hard by Tuesday's earthquake and the damage to communities is only now being tallied due to their remote locations. At least 10 people have died and Oaxaca's governor Alejandro Murat said 117 municipalities and more than 5,000 homes were affected by the 7.5 magnitude earthquake. Heavily armed gunmen attacked and wounded Mexico City's police chief in a brazen operation that left an unspecified number of dead today. Mayor Claudia Sheinbaum said on Twitter that Security Secretary Omar Garcia Harfur was being treated in a hospital but was out of danger. The Mexico City attorney adding that there were 12 arrests and that her office was investigating this attack. Authorities say that the gunmen were armed with caliber sniper rifles and grenades and exchanged fire with the chief's security detail. Two police officers were also wounded. And at least 16 people were killed in Mexico on Wednesday during a suspected gunfight between rival gangs in the state of Sinaloa, according to local reports there. The shootout took place in a rural area of a state that is the headquarters of El Chapo Guzman's Sinaloa cartel. But that cartel often engages in deadly battles for territory with rival drug gangs. Despite the pandemic, drug turf battles rage on. Thanks for listening to You News, the podcast. Don't forget to follow You News on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. And join us tomorrow for a new episode. Until then.